Hey everyone, Clay here, and as you know, these podcasts are actually just the audio version of some YouTube live streams that I do over on my YouTube channel. Now, this podcast episode here, we were actually having some audio issues for the first 20 seconds or so of the live stream, and because this is an audio podcast, I don't want you to have to suffer through all of that static and everything. So, even though this podcast may seem like it's starting in the middle, all you're really missing is the first 20 seconds where I'm just basically introducing and uh, doing some basic greetings and all that stuff. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the regular podcast here. Assuming it gets ready. Um, But yeah, if you like what we're doing here, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button so you can get notifications when we go live. And um, if you like what we're doing here, you probably also like our book over at modernlove.life slash book. Um, yeah. So today's video is going to build off of uh, yesterday's video, which was on um, the, the first of the five stages on how to get over a breakup. There we go. We've got a truck out here, so you might hear some banging sounds. Um, but. Uh, the first stage was called the meltdown, and that kind of describes the emotional panic that you often go through immediately after a breakup. Let's just move a little bit over that way. Um, well, that truck is not being very fun, is it? Um, it uh, yeah, so initially after a breakup, you go through this emotional meltdown stage where you're really panicked and really trying to regain your bearings. And if you're like me, at least, you spend a lot of time feeling really emotionally lost and having a hard time getting through the day because um, you just have all these emotions, all these thoughts about your ex and everything. That's the first stage. If you missed that, I'll go ahead and link to it over there in case you missed it and you want to review uh, review it. But today we're talking about what happens after you get out of that stage and you end up in the second stage. This is called the overinvestment stage. And when you end up here, what happens is your emotions are a little bit more under control. You're not in that meltdown stage. Um, but you're kind of on this very precarious, thin ice kind of situation where um, um, you're, you can get through the day all right. You don't have to go cry in the men's room like I did, but you, your thoughts are constantly drifting back to your ex. Your thoughts are always like, what are they doing? Are they dating somebody else? Are they moving on faster than me? Are they uh, in a rebound relationship? Why aren't they texting me back? Uh, what does that cryptic thing they posted on Facebook mean? And so on and so forth and it can really consume your thoughts and it can consume your thinking and um, if you're not careful this line of thinking can send you spiraling back into that first stage uh, which we called the meltdown stage Um, so when you're at this stage it's important to realize what's going on and that is that your mind is presenting you with all of these blanks i mean you're naturally thinking about your ex because you are, were in a relationship with them, you went through a breakup with them, they were a significant part of your life, and um, it's, it's difficult to just completely let that go. And so your thoughts are still thinking about them, but uh, you have all these unknowns surrounding you, which is like, what are they up to? Are they dating somebody? Are they moving on? Are they uh, still missing me? Uh, like, how all these things? And what happens is when we have this unknown in our life, our mind rushes to fill it in with some sort of meaning. Um, Our mind loves to make meaning out of things. And what can happen is that when we have an unknown experience, our mind can actually rush in to fill in that meaning with our own worst fears, anxieties, 
and insecurities. So if we don't feel that we are worthy of love, it might rush in and say, oh, they're, they've completely forgotten about us. Oh, they didn't text us back because they never cared about us. Oh, they moved on so quickly because uh, our relationship with them meant so little to them. And so it's really important to realize that these thoughts that you're having in your mind are not necessarily 100% true. Now, sure, your ex might be in a rebound relationship, your ex might be moving on, your ex might be doing all of these other things, but to just assume the worst case scenario is actually really unresourceful uh, because it keeps you in this uh, thought process that has you obsessing about your ex, overthinking um, your ex, overthinking and overanalyzing everything that they're doing, everything that they're potentially doing, jumping to worst case scenario thinking, and all of that. And um, the way that you get out of this is you realize that these thoughts that you're putting into this blank are not necessarily true. They're your own worst case scenario thoughts. They're your own insecurities, fears, anxieties, and so on and so forth. And instead of choosing to believe them, you can say, okay, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah, it could be true, it's potentially true, but there's this entire spectrum that could be better, that um, could equally be true, right? Like maybe they didn't call you because maybe they're having a hard time with the breakup too, and maybe they are trying to deal with it in their own way, or maybe they uh, are trying to respect your space, they're trying to help you heal, or there could be like a vast spectrum, but we're just assuming that they aren't texting us back or calling us or whatever, uh, because because they never cared about us or because of some other insecurity or some other um, fear or some other anxiety that we hold on to. And so I don't want you to get in the habit of injecting all of your fears, insecurities, and anxieties into these unknowns because that's going to keep you reacting to things. It's going to keep you thinking the worst and it also keeps you running the very real risk of slipping back into that first stage of the meltdown. Um, so what you want to do is you want to learn how to become more invested in your own life, in your own experience, than you are in what your ex is doing and what they might be thinking and who they could potentially be dating and all of that stuff. Because your own experience is ultimately what matters the most. I mean, it's your life. You have to look out for your own experience. Nobody else is going to care enough about your experience as you are. Um, so you might as well take full ownership and full responsibility of it and do what you can to really own that experience, own your experience. Um, and ultimately what you, what I would like for you to do is for you to care more about your experience than you care about anyone else's experience or thoughts. So am I acting in a way that I love about myself? Am I being the best version of myself that I possibly can be? Am I doing things that are going to put me on track to getting what I want in my life, like a great relationship, moving on from this breakup, um, embracing other important things in my life, new career, health goals, whatever it might be, whatever is important to you. And um, as you start to disinvest yourself from your ex, what your ex is doing, who your ex is doing it with, what your ex is thinking, what your ex is thinking about, what your ex is not thinking about, and all that, and you start to put more attention onto your own life, you can actually start to reclaim your own power. You can actually start to reclaim your own emotional well-being. I mean, you're doing good because you're out of the meltdown stage, but you're still in this very precarious situation emotionally where if you start to believe these thoughts that you're having in your mind, 
um, you can very easily break through and backslide into the meltdown stage. So it's really very, very dangerous. And I know that this is all easier said than done, but you really want to start noticing the thoughts that you're having and start questioning them. Like if you say, oh, well, has my ex moved on? Does my ex even care about me? Ask yourself, why am I having this thought? Why, why am I worried that my ex doesn't care about me? Why am I worried that my ex has moved on? I mean, like, you know, from a completely realistic, rational, uh, logical point of view, you and your ex had a relationship together. And I mean, like, I don't know how long you were together. Let's just say two years. Um, and if you were together for two years, obviously they haven't forgotten about you. Obviously they cared about you. Otherwise they wouldn't have been together with you for two years. Um, and, you know, obviously you meant something to them. Like, we don't just hang out with people that we don't care about unless we're forced to by circumstance, like coworkers or uh, people that are in the same class as us in school or something like that. And there was nothing really holding you and your ex together except the choice that you made to be together. So, I mean, obviously the two of you uh, cared about each other. Obviously your ex cares about you. Obviously your ex cared about you. Uh, could just be that things didn't work out for any number of reasons, disagreements, um, misunderstandings, incompatibilities, so on and so forth. Doesn't mean that they're wrong, doesn't mean that you're wrong, none of that, right? And so what I want you to do is I want you to disinvest your energy from what happened with your ex, and I want you to invest it more in yourself. What is going to make you feel good today? Not just in a pleasure sort of way, what's going to put you on track to live the best life that you can. There's a really loud bird over here. <laughs> it's one of the complications of, of uh, recording at home, recording outside. You're kind of at the whims of whatever's happening outside. Um, yeah, let's, let's check in and see what some folks are talking about in the comments section. Um, hi Clay, broken hard today, but don't know the truth, but still love to listen to your advice. Um, yeah, sorry you're feeling down today. Uh, what I would really recommend is like if, if you're feeling really down, um, so if you're just like broken hard, you're probably in one of the first three stages of getting over a breakup. We'll talk about the third one tomorrow. Um, but you could be in the meltdown stage, you know, like we talked about yesterday, in which case it, it can be painful but you want to get real with what's actually really happening and you want to accept the breakup as a real thing that happened. You don't have to enjoy it, but you have to accept that it is something that happened. Um, and then, you know, as you start to get out of that, let yourself feel the emotions, let yourself feel the feelings that you had. And then as you start to get out of that, start to put more and more attention on yourself and less and less attention on your ex less and less attention out of trying to fill in the blanks about their behavior or their lack of behavior or anything. You know, it's okay in life for there to be unknowns in your experience. It's okay if you never know why your ex uh, did something or said something. Like, you know, I, I, I had this experience once a, a very long time ago where um, one of my exes, not my big ex, but one of my exes, um, she sent me some message on, on Facebook and I got like this email to my ancient Hotmail account that I had back then. And it was like, oh, hey, so-and-so sent you a, a, a message on Facebook. Got a car starting up here, so I have to wait for that truck to drive by. Um, and uh, I, I tried to check the message, but it had been deleted. 
right? And so I don't, I don't know what that, what that woman said to me. I don't know what she said. And I could spend all my time analyzing and saying like, oh, did she miss me? Did she want to get back together? Was it some kind of emotional confession of some sort? But the truth is, is I will never know. I will never know what she sent to me. It could be how she hates my guts for some reason. Uh, it could be about how she still loves me. It could be anything in between. And I don't need to know that because I'm here in the present moment and I'm invested in my own life right now. And she is off living her life. And um, that's all that matters. Like we had our moment together and then we went our own separate ways. And I have my life. I'm interested in my life right now, uh, doing all this modern love stuff, doing all this YouTube stuff, hanging out with my wife, hanging out with my daughter, uh, doing, all, doing all the things that I like to do. And uh, that's what's most important. So if you're feeling brokenhearted, um, that's what I'd tell you. Oh, and the third stage, we'll get to this more tomorrow, but um, don't look too much at your externals for validation. Don't look too much at your external circumstances for feeling good or feeling bad because um, that can be a very false illusion of recovery. Okay, we'll get to this more tomorrow. And in fact, if you're watching here once that's published and live, uh, let's see what else folks are talking about. Um, hey, Clay, love the background. Yeah, thanks. This is our uh, balcony here at our apartment. Um, this is uh, Seattle on a nice spring day. I think you can see the the, the Magnolia Hill over there. Um, it's a nice little neighborhood. Uh, can you talk about mixed messages? My ex is back and forth. He reaches out. Uh, we meet. Had a great time. He disappears. No over-pursuing on my side. Am I, I'm confused. How am I supposed to act? Okay. Um, when it comes to mixed messages, that is because your exes confuse themselves, okay? Um, they don't know how they feel about you. They are going through their own emotional journey and they're at a point of confusion where, I mean, there, there is a very small chance that your ex is like a sinister person who's intentionally toying with you, but you know, that is an extremely small minority of people and I think you would have noticed that um, at, during your time together in a relationship if your ex was a not so nice person that would do that. But chances are, uh, the vast majority of the time, your ex is just a confused person who doesn't know what they want, who doesn't know what they feel, and their feelings change from one moment to the next. And it can be really frustrating for you, obviously, but it's probably equally, if not more frustrating for them, because they don't want to jerk you around. They don't want to make you feel one way and tell you one thing and then pull back and do the other thing. Um, so it's really tough for them. Another thing that could be happening is since you did meet up with them, this could be like a positive pullback. Um, they actually had a great experience with you when, when, when the two of you met up, but that was in stark contrast to the version of you that they broke up with. And so they're, they're pulling back to try to evaluate like which version do I put my trust in. I spoke about this in yesterday's video in the Q&A. So, you know, once again, the links up there. I think I can link to the same video twice. If I can't, then it's, uh, it's at the beginning of this one. But if I can, then there's the link again. <laughs> I'm still learning all this YouTube stuff myself. Okay, where did we leave off? Uh... Okay, there we go. 
Uh, Casey says, right on. Not sure what you're saying right on about, because I was talking and I wasn't paying attention to what I was saying. But um, my ex knows that I'm happy without him, but I think that he thinks I'm better off without him when I still want him. What can I do? Okay, so if your ex thinks that you're better off without him, um, and you're happy without him, that first of all, it's good that you like your own life. Uh, but if your ex thinks that you are better off without him, then I think that he probably has some kind of self-esteem issues, okay? Um, and because he thinks that you're like too good for him or something like that. And so if your ex has some sort of self-esteem issues, number one, you want to accept that he's a person with self-esteem issues and um, you are not going to be able to change that. Only he can change his self-esteem. That's why it's called self-esteem. Um, it doesn't matter how much you compliment him, how much you tell him he's a great person or anything like that. It's just going to be like pouring, uh, you know, coffee into a, into a cup with a hole at the bottom. It's just going to come right on out. Um, trust me, I've spent a lot of time trying to prop up um, people with low self-esteem, like my, my big ex um, from the past, and it, it, it just doesn't work, okay? he's going to have to want to change for him for his own self if he ever does at all but you're not in control of that so you have to accept him the way that he is so can you be with somebody who has low self-esteem i can't answer this question for you you need to come up with your own answer for yourself if if it's not something you want to deal with and at whatever flavor his own low self-esteem comes at you know looking for external validation or uh, always doubting himself, putting himself down, hoping that other people will swoop in and prop him up, or, you know, whatever it might be. If that's not something that you want to deal with, then you have to just let him go and move on and move forward. Um, but beyond that, it wouldn't hurt to just reach out. It wouldn't hurt to just reach out to him. Um, I, I, I'm guessing you're a woman. I didn't catch your name, but I'm guessing you're a woman. And I know that that can be a big issue for a lot of women is actually initiating contact. Um, but it, it doesn't have to be a big thing, right? You don't have to make a big deal about it. It's okay for you to contact him. It's okay for you to initiate contact. I know there's a lot of uh, misconception that women should never initiate contact, that you should always wait for the guy to initiate contact and blah, 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 blah. But um, it's okay. You can, you can initiate contact sometimes. I promise nothing bad is gonna happen. What else are you all talking about? That's where we left off. Um, my ex is now with a second guy after our breakup. I'm afraid that she is just going to end up hurting herself. She seems too insecure about being single. Also, these videos have been extremely helpful. Thank you. Well, thank you, Lance. Um, again, I know it's tough if you have some compassion for your ex. You know, even if you don't necessarily want to get back together with them, if you still have compassion for them because... Uh, you know, you want them to be happy in their life and all that. Uh, to see them doing something that you would probably recognize as self-destructive behavior, like uh, being overly attached to getting validation or reinforcement of some kind from, uh, from external sources, like getting into a rebound relationship and then another one and then another one. Um, but unfortunately, it's, it's her life and she has to choose how she's going to live it. And if that's how she wants to live her life, then at a certain point, you have to step away and let her live her life. You know, you can say, hey, I'm concerned about you, 
because this thing is happening and I don't want you to hurt yourself, you know, physically, emotionally, whatever. Um, but ultimately, you have to be okay with the fact that she's going to live her own life. And I know that that's really hard. But like I've been talking about over the past um, couple of videos, you have to accept that your ex is not the person that they were when they were with you. They've changed and evolved. Um, you know, even if you just broke up like a couple weeks ago or something, they've, they've changed and evolved. And just like in the video a few days ago when I was in Portland, just like how the Portland that I used to live in many years ago when I was, you know, getting my life figured out, getting my business started, getting this YouTube channel started, um, that Portland is gone. And it's been replaced by all the changes that have happened over the past several years. Um, I can look back on that chapter fondly or sadly in some instances, but um, that chapter's closed. Portland has continued to evolve. I've continued to evolve. We've continued to grow in our own unique ways. And uh, even if I did move back to Portland, it wouldn't be the same Portland. And even if you did get back together with your ex, it wouldn't be the same woman. She would have changed in ways that maybe completely unrecognizable. There might be some parts there that you remember, some parts there that you're fond of, some parts there that you love, but uh, ultimately she's changing and evolving and growing just the same way that you are. And so you can't always be there to defend her as the woman that you loved. You have to accept her as the person that she is now and let her live the life that she's choosing to live right now. And it's hard, it's, it's really hard but the more you can practice being emotionally okay with what's actually happening, the better and better and better you're gonna get at all this. Uh, let's see, we just talked to Lance, so let's find out where that comment is and pick up where we left off. Uh, Lance, there we go, okay. Okay, Urban Pathfinder says, Hi Clay, question with my ex. Throughout the relationship, she would reciprocate with me when talking about the future and we were serious about it she even planned out a lot of stuff we were planning uh, to do this upcoming year when she broke up with me before she moved away it seems like it got real for her like she just got cold feet what are your thoughts on these types of relationships when people freak out and leave what are the chances of getting back with them okay so I think in most cases like that, it's, it's, it's an issue where things start to become real. And um, as they become real, it stops being a fantasy in their mind. And it's like, okay, we have to actually get real about these things that are going to happen. Uh, whether they're like, hey, are we going to move in? Are we going to... Um, get married? Are we going to go to this thing together? Are we going to go to a friend's wedding and actually show up as a couple and, you know, then our friends and family know us as like a serious couple or, you know, whatever flavor it might be. Um, you gotta, when they do this, it, it, in my opinion, most of the time, this is a case of emotional unavailability where they're more in love with the fantasy of the relationship. They're more in love with the idea of being in a relationship. And they create this image in their mind of it being a perfect relationship. And of course, because you're human, I'm human, 
they're human, everyone's human, we are imperfect, right? We're never going to live up to the expectations of perfection. And so as it starts to get real, they're starting to realize, oh, there's like subtle little imperfections here. It doesn't feel right. I'm going to back out. And like, I feel this way sometimes too, when it comes to like booking travel, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I want to go to this place and I have this like idea about this wonderful experience I'm going to have and it's going to be fun and great and everything. And then I start looking at the details and it's like, oh, the, the plane leaves in the middle of the night and it's going to arrive at like 3 a.m. or something and you're going to be tired when you get there and uh, you couldn't get the, the, the great hotel that you wanted so you had to get this other one and like there's not going to be enough time to do this other thing that you wanted to do and then it starts to not feel as great as that perfect ideal that I had in my mind. And, you know, you can use that as a time to back off and run away, which is what emotionally unavailable people do. Or you can use that as a time to say, you know what, I'm committed to going on this trip, to being in this relationship, to being with this person, to following through on what I said I was going to do, to doing whatever it is. And I can make it work. And, um, you know, it could be that she's just emotionally unavailable and you're just kind of seeing that as her true colors as they come out. And you know, it's better to find this out sooner rather than later. Um, then you have to, of course, ask yourself the question, do I want to be with somebody who's emotionally unavailable? Yes or no? I would hope that the answer is no, but again, this is your life. You have to choose it. I can't choose it for you. But you know, nudge, nudge, Maybe you don't want to be in a relationship with somebody who's emotionally unavailable. Um, let's see, where did we leave off here? Beautiful scenery. Yeah, thanks. This is where I live. Not outside, but in the house behind the camera. Uh, yeah, Bitcoin pen. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of into crypto stuff. Uh, don't talk about that much because, I mean, obviously this is not a cryptocurrency channel. Um, yeah, crazy, 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 uh, little community. I like the unknown, really, I like the unknown, really scares me, really scares people. I, I like the unknown, really scares people. Um, I think that was one of the reasons why my ex broke up with me, the unknown of, of her future. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, um, the emotional unavailability thing that, I think might be happening in your situation. I mean, obviously I'm only communicating to you through these uh, comments, so I can't get a super clear idea, but that's kind of what my hunch is. Uh, Casey says, be happy for them and find a way to be happy for yourself. I have to distract myself, but still be kind to yourself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta love yourself. That's really what self-love is, is about. It's about treating yourself as if you actually cared about yourself. and. Um, I would hope that you actually do care about yourself and I hope that you would care about yourself enough to make those tough choices that you need to, to make in order to have the kind of life that you want. I mean, self-love isn't just about, you know, bubbles, baths and, and chocolates and pleasure and all of that. Um, but it's actually about making the hard choices and doing the important things that you need to do for your life. Um, yeah. And in terms of distracting yourself, I mean, that can kind of get you through the day sometimes, but... Um, you got to be careful because distracting yourself, that's not something that I'd recommend for um, a long period of time because 
you can end up suppressing your emotions and ending up in a in a really tough situation. All right. Um, where do we leave off here? A lot more comments here than I thought there were. Okay. Whoa. Sorry for all these noises out here, guys. Um, how can I get my axe back? That is a huge topic. Uh, we have a lot of videos on that. Um, I would really recommend going to the videos page for this channel and just um, looking at some of our playlists, looking at uh, some of our older videos, and we talk very extensively about all the minute details of that. Um, also, you can check out our newsletter over at relationshipinnergame.com. We'll kind of help you channel all of that information into small digestible uh, chunks if you get on the newsletter over there. But uh, yeah, that should help you. Um, if we're still friends, should we still do favors for them? She only seems to ask me for favors. Um, is there a reason she only asks me? Um, I mean, that that's, that's that whole filling in the blanks kind of thing, right? Like, there could be all kinds of reasons why she asks you for favors. Maybe you're the first person that she thinks of. Maybe she still cares about you. Maybe she's trying to use you. Maybe she's trying to manipulate you. Maybe um, you're the, the, the best qualified person to help her in that particular way. Maybe she trusts you. There, there's so many different reasons that it's impossible to really know. And it's really worth asking yourself, is knowing the answer to this going to change my life in some way? What I would really uh, want to ask you is, so on, on the topic of favors is, do you actually want to do these favors for her? It's okay if you don't. Um, you don't have to do favors for anybody, for her or for any of your other friends or for any just people in your life in general. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to. Um, if you don't want to do favors for her, then that's okay. You don't need to. But if you want to do a favor because you have compassion for her or something like that, then sure, go ahead and do that. Um, Sorry, my wife and daughter are kind of peeking out through the through the glass door here. Um, so, guys, we're coming up on the 30-minute mark. Um, I know there's a bunch of questions that I didn't get to, so you know, go ahead and ask those in the comments section on the video after it finishes processing and becomes a regular YouTube video that you can comment on. And I'll keep an eye on the comments section and get back to um, any comments that you post there. But uh, you know, thanks again for watching. If you liked the video, give me a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Um, leave a comment, anything like that. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow when we get to the third stage of getting over a breakup.